Hey, welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined, as always, back in studio by my good friends and partners in radio, Barnabas Piper and Ronald J. Martin. Boys, the the hangover, as it were, from uh, Indie Live has uh, has abated. Um, we are back to business as usual, um, just doing our program, just doing radio, just being lunch pail guys and working really, uh, really, really hard at this craft, which we love. Um Pipe, you. Uh, I'm getting right into it. Do we? We have no business, right? We have no new sponsors. To well, talk other, about or other than the perpetual reminder that Ligaris Roasters coffee is the best, and people should go get it at LigarisRoasters.com. And dude, it is. We haven't. It's really good. We haven't gassed up heck in a while, man. So we. Uh, I. I feel bad about that. We I just got to... three bags of coffee from him in the mail yesterday. So I'm. Uh, I'm fueled up and ready to go on Ligaris Roasters coffee. But so should everybody else be. Dude, that guy's incredible. Is he, is he a rich guy yet? Is he doing rich guy things? Well, he's doing rich guy things. And the goal, according according to our, our dear friend Dave, is you do yeah. rich people things so that you get rich. So he just he just snagged another podcast sponsorship with wow. the Table of Malcontents podcast, the other one that I do. So, okay. Ted, you and I have two podcasts represented with Ligaris. Um, wow. Ronnie, you need to do another podcast, maybe with your new Ashland uh, neighbor, Oh, and, dude, uh, yeah. And then we could all have two podcasts represented with Hector Ligaris. Dude, I just maybe, don't want to cheap. I feel like that cheapens the Ligaris sponsorship that we've had all these years. I would maybe never. Maybe seriously, serious real talk here. Over under on number of weeks before Trogues asks you to do a podcast. Uh, uh, I, I mean. From when he to... moves to town. So I'm, I'm setting the over under at three. Piper, are you taking the over over three weeks? Or uh, under I'm going to go weeks? over under three weeks ago. <laughs> nice, nice. Boys, Over, I already yeah. have, I already have, uh, I already have tragic answers for you on this. It's already happened pre-move. Really, the ask has happened. Correct. What can you tell us about the ask, baby? What's the format? What kind of, what kind of show does he want to do with you? Um, it was very, like, it was very open. Like, what do you think the possibilities are? You know, mm. it, you know, this could be something in person. You know, just imagine, imagine, imagine what could be done. Dude, he's ready. Imagine he's ready to create with Ron Martin. Correct. He, he's ready to get into that little wooden studio in your garage and make some radio magic. Yes. Um, baby, yeah. keep us posted on that. That's oh, exciting. Absolutely. Keep you posted. You mean send you like an uh, you know offer to sign up for our new podcast? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, send me the send me the iTunes link and all the good press that you're getting. You know, send me. Hey, listen, do this, Ron. Send me a picture of the new car that you buy with the proceeds. From oh, your, absolutely. Because uh, uh, I don't because, uh, you know, unlike some people, I, I'm not I don't feel guilty about like buying a car that runs Big T. Well, baby, I, I'm a, I, I want to use that as a segue into our first topic. So um, something happened this last week. Uh, I actually found out about it, Big R, before you even mentioned anything to me, Interesting. Um, because I have a friend. I have a friend here in our church, uh, dear friend. His name is John. Great guy. A uh, huge fan of the program, dedicated listener. Um, John is like, Ron, you're in a smallish church. Pipe, you're in a, your church may be too big and too na- Nashville-y for this. But like, because... <laughs> I can't tell if that's an insult or just an observation. Dude, I don't know. I don't know yet. I got to get a little deeper into it. But like, the, the kind of smallish churches that I've been involved with for the past probably 15 years, they all kind of have the, they have their business guy. You know what I mean? It's always like a... A youngish to early middle-aged guy who's known for like business deals and like that's his thing. And he's kind of the kind of the Dave Ramsey and rich guy of the church. 
Um, and everybody kind of looks up to this guy. And uh, so this guy, John, from our church, texts me a picture of your new car pipe, which you had posted on social. Um, and he was really bummed because, like, mere weeks beforehand, he had bought the same use or the same the same style of car. What and what um, exactly bummed him out? I didn't realize that my purchase of a vehicle would disappoint well, well, dude, others. That's funny. He must be like an Enneagram Four because he wanted to be the only guy, I guess, with this unique kind with of new this style super of car. popular style of SUV called a Toyota Forerunner <laughs> that well, like hundreds well, dude, of thousands of people drive. There's only been a million of those I'm, made this year. Piper, I'm glad you said that because that that was the thing about his purchase that I didn't understand. He he kind of spoke of it in these terms as though it was this like, you know, rare Italian you know sports car that that they only made like 500 of you know, 10 years ago or whatever. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know anything about cars really, but it, it seemed to me that the Toyota four runner was, was a little more common than maybe he, um, had thought it was. But anyway, um, he's not actually mad at you, but he was, uh, he, he was excited to send that along. Now, Piper, walk me through the, the thought process, because I got what you were doing with that post. You were, you were kind of teasing the whole Dave Ramsey thing and you were doing, the very thing that I suggested that you do, which is just outright brag about your purchases and don't couch it in any kind of thinly veiled, um, flimsy Christian humility. Um, and you did that. And I'm, I'm, I'm curious as to what kind of feedback you got. Lay it on us. So I, first of all, I would like to give a shout out to our listeners who saw that post and understood exactly what I was doing because uh, yeah. you guys are the smartest. Um, so yeah, I put, just posted a picture, and all I said was something like "new ride" or "my new baby" or something like that. And then I then I used hashtags grateful, hashtag blessed, hashtag nice. rich people things, and then hashtag braggy brag, as opposed to the <laughs> humble brag, which would have been the you know the more evangelical way to go about it. That's and right. yeah, I was simply going full on irony of I got yeah. a new car, and I'm going to post it because I'm excited about getting a new car. And all of these hashtags are a subtle shot at, at the way that people, they, they normally try to couch their, you know, the, the hashtag blessed is usually not ironic. It's like, man, look at this. God, God gave yeah. me this car kind of thing. So I also would like, I, I had a couple of people who were, they congratulated me on naming it and claiming it. Um, I, <laughs> I think that was nice. tongue in cheek. I took it that way. It was very funny to me. So, yeah, just the uh, – I, I felt an obligation to do what you said, Ted, and not either hide this new purchase or put it up there with sort of a long excursus of just how grateful I am that yeah. God has provided the means to be able to get this thing and the great deal that I got, all of which is true, but also, hey, look at this cool car I got. Dude, thank you for not white papering about your new purchase. I feel like that's the other reform thing. Um, <laughs> or, or defending it by being like, well, I got a really low APR and I was able to put a lot of money oh, of down. So my monthly payment is really good. And yeah. uh, a friend hooked me up with this deal and it was, you know, it's a great trade in price. And I was able to yeah, get you're not even talking about the You're not even talking about the car anymore, right. Pipe. You're just talking about all your, all your guilt because as Christians, we're, we're really not allowed to drive anything that isn't like literally like one mile away from like collapsing and needing to be taken to like the junkyard. Right. You if know? you see a Christian in like a luxury car, go up to him and say, nice car. And they'll be like, um, uh, my grandma gave it to me. You know, yeah, mainly just, pastors, though, man. Pastors cannot. I mean, dude, if I shouldn't even be, I almost shouldn't even be driving. I mean, unless dude, it, no, it's no. Almost like Flintstone, no engine, rolling that thing out with my bare feet car. Big R, I can, t- I can tell you're a, you're a resident man of the cloth, obviously, and you're a man who likes to pamper. You like to pamper yourself, and you like to live well. 
Um, no, I, I can tell you're tweaked by this whole this whole trend toward you know pastors having to like self flagellate all the time and 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 walk around in sackcloth and ashes. Um, what what do you make of this? How do you how, how do you like walk that fine line in your church of you know I want to enjoy the things that I can enjoy, but um, you know people people will get tweaked if I live too well. Uh, I don't know. I, how do you do that? I don't. I never really think about it that much because well, the first thing is man, cars are always kind of the weird thing for pastors for some reason. Like that that's what carries the stigma. Like yeah. I don't like nothing else really does like cars. I've yeah. never, I'm like you, Big T, I've never been a car guy, so I, I really don't I, care. I think so that's because just, cars are the thing, like cars and houses are the two things you can look at and go, I know how much that costs. I know how much you make. Like right, if you, exactly. if you yeah, wore, yeah, yeah. if you wore a, like a, a, a tailored Italian leather jacket, I would look at it and be like, that looks nice. I don't know if that's an $80 jacket or like an $8,000 jacket. I don't know the difference. But if you roll up in a certain car, I could probably guess the price to within $3,000 because they're just ubiquitous. Right. Yeah. And so like, yeah, because those are, yeah, those are things that are easy to place, you know, an accurate amount of value on kind of, you know what I mean? But like, so it's just, it's just like the weirdest thing to me because like, I, I have never, like, I've never been part, like, I, I, I just don't care. I don't care what anybody drives. Cause I don't really care about cars and I, and I, I kind of don't care about what, where anybody lives either. You know, like I, I just, I, and I really, I understand the idea of like relativism with these things. Right. So like I, I would probably, I probably would have expected Heibel to drive something nicer than like a 93 Taurus. You know what I mean? And like not, not be offended because, you know, like, like our boy Bill was in something a little bit, you know, nicer than some like, you know, 92 Pontiac something like, like that shouldn't surprise anybody. And so I don't know if Billy Boy's driving around in a Range Rover. I don't know. I, I mean, I guess, you know, because there's there's probably some zeros on his paycheck that most of us don't have. And so it's relative to what he can afford to drive. I mean, I know that gets us into all of these other like topics and issues and and things of that nature. But like, um, yeah, I'm just not that concerned. So uh, pipe enjoy. Piper, enjoy. let's uh, let's do free enjoyment. In true reformed fashion, let's um, let's put some parameters on this thing. All right. So let's right. say a given person is a reformed pastor of a church of Ron. How big is your church? Uh, we're like three hundred. Let me just add really quick that Bill's car is the least problematic thing about him. Carry on. Well, of course, baby. Yeah, good, good caveat. <laughs> good caveat. Good. Yes. Yeah. Excellent absolutely. Work. Baby, three hundred. Wow. So. So, so two seventy five, but you pat you padded the numbers a little bit for media. That's fine. Three hundred and um, three hundred. Well, the the Altrogis are moving to town, and they're like they're they're a homeschool family, I think. So there's probably a good twenty five people there. Oh, Altrogis moving to town, so it's uh, we're up at, we're up to three seventy five now. <laughs> All right, so let's let's say you're a reform pastor of a church of three three hundred to three hundred and fifty people. All right, so small to mid sized reform church. What's the most Piper? What's the most ostentatious car purchase as a pastor? So you're the, you're the senior pastor. You probably got a couple of guys on staff that are like kind of, you call them pastors, but they're part-timers or whatever. Um, what, what's the most ostentatious car? What's the, the floor in the ceiling for what you can get away with? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the floor is like fixed, you know, fixed gear bicycles. So, you know, floor is as low as you want it to go. And you can justify that however you want. You know, you're going green, you're being a right. good you're steward, get, You're getting your like stewardship kind of hipster cachet right. from your, your fixie or your like 93 Taurus with yeah. duct tape all over it or whatever. I, this, um, the ceiling, though. Yeah, let's talk ceiling. Hmm. <clears throat> 
See, I was a little surprised by the reaction. So I got a, a late model Toyota 4Runner, which is it's a nice car, but it's not like a luxury car. It's not a it's not even like if you get a new pickup truck, you're you're paying twice as much as what I paid. So yeah. it's, you know, that I I I would put that in the range. Um yeah. let's see. Right, can we get the year on that vehicle, please? 2017. Yeah, that'd be great. 2017. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. Whoa. That's a good year for those, baby. Yeah. It's a good vintage. It's a good vintage it's, of It's a, a good vintage. Pipe sure. off the air. I want to talk about how I think that you, uh, the reason why I think you bought that car at the time that you bought that car. Okay. But carry on. <laughs> off the air. Got it. Um, I'm All right. Inter- so I'm interested to hear your hypotheses. Yeah. So, so yeah. I, I mean, I, I think I think that's in the range. I think like a if you wanted to go new, like mm-hmm. just new, new, um, something like a, uh, I don't know, like a Ford Escape or like a Chevy Traverse. You know, if you needed like the family sized SUV, so like in a a good solid American made mid sized or larger SUV. Um, yeah. I think that's that's probably that's kind of the high end. Uh, but then you have to drive it until the wheels fall off. You don't get to trade in every couple years as a pastor of a church that size. That's not how it works. Right, right. No, totally, totally agree. So let me ask you this, boys, and, and Ron, you can weigh in on this on this too. Um, so if you're if you're this this pastor, yeah, you're welcome. Um, pastor of a small reformed church is anything like European on the table? Like, could you could you roll up in a Mercedes totally. or an Audi or a Beamer? And have it be okay with yeah. It has rock. to be. It has to be old, right? Because if you get a twenty-year-old Beamer, you can get it for like under ten k. You know what I mean? So, well, like, dude, espe- especially if you're a hipster, totally. That's that's more than acceptable. Yeah, you, you get can like, get like, you get an like old, one of the diesel ones. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Or like there one you, of those old school like Porsches from this, like the cheap Porsche from the eighties or the seventies. You know, yeah. you could do something like that. But even, but dude, even even guys like that would walk around with like a low level of guilt because they'd they'd hate that the sign on that that the you know they'd hate that it said Porsche on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. The funny but, thing, what's, if, if you look at like old Audis or Audis or whatever we call them, they basically like the Honda Accord in 1992 and an Audi are the exact same car. They're just like little compact, you know, fuel efficient vehicles. And so yeah, if you if you had a, a model kind of like that. It's you know, but it has sort of to like be hipster old. cool, but it has to. Be old. But it's not a luxury car at all. But this is what I see now, boys, and you kind of you kind of went there a little bit, Big T. Like a lot of dudes now, if they live, if they're living in a town where their their house is like a, a minute away from where the, their church is, like they're gonna do like they're gonna do like hipster bicycling now is what Yo, they're yeah. gonna do. Absolutely. And then so that's also going to allow them to like up the budge. On like clothing, hipster leather bags, like you guys saw me have at oh, Indie dude, Live. Oh, yeah, you got you got a yeah. couple a couple grand worth of bag there on your shoulder, baby. Yeah, for real. So like that justifies all of that, but it's like way less. It's like it's it's way less ostentatious, like you said. Like nobody's gonna nobody's gonna, nobody really knows how much those four thousand dollar boots cost you. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let me uh, let me lay. There's a, an Instagram account that knows how much those boots cost. <laughs> exactly, Piper. Good segue. And I want to I want to use that segue to lay kind of a an overarching question for this next topic on both of you. And that is, you know, Piper, you've grown up in the world of pastors. Ron, you are currently a pastor. And for me, I've just gone to churches. <laughs> I, I feel like there's a we're we're at apex mountain of like preening. You know what I mean? And by, and by preening, I mean 
Yeah, I don't Just, know what that word means, Big You mean cleaning. Oh, baby, it's the you, perfect You know exactly word. what it means. No, I don't, man. You got to educate me. I don't do that kind of... I didn't take Greek and Hebrew, so lay it out for me. <laughs> baby, preening is... You, okay, let's let's keep it keep it hypothetical again. Let's say you're the same pastor of the same 300 person Reformed Church. You can't just dis- you can't just define preening. All right. No, Go I'm going to define preening by by laying like a real world example on you. Oh, so you're so, you're pulling a pastor move on us right now. I appreciate. I'm pulling that, a pastor move. This is an illustration. Correct. So you're the you're the pastor of this 300 person church. Um, it's it's not you're not famous. You haven't gotten the book deal yet. Um, you're just a guy, right? But you, you got your Insta, you got your like, you know, kind of vintage sneaks that you're super proud of. You got your two grand worth of bag over your shoulder. You're photographing some things, you know, nothing crazy, you know, nothing over the top compared to your peers. But there's just a lot of, there's a lot of public. There's a lot of preening. There's a lot of, you know, I'm thinking through my car purchase in light of what people are going to think. Um, I think yeah, there's a curated image aspect for sure. There's a, there's a big curated image aspect that pipe I think wasn't around at all in your dad's generation. Respectfully, like the only guys that were doing that in your in your pops's generation were like the Hybels-y guys. But instead and, of and even Hybels was like he was about as generic as it gets. That like in terms of oh, dude, in terms yeah. of aesthetic, it was only like Jim and Tammy Faye Baker and like televangelists yeah. who were preening that. We're all Jim and Tammy now is what it is. Well, oh, basically, basically yeah, because we're absolutely. all we're all basically being broadcast all the time, and by we I mean pastors because you're one of those, yeah. Ron, and we are not. So yeah, because I know you don't do that generation. at all. Pipe, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah keep me out. Yeah, you keep out. yourself out of that category. Um, dude, so pipe, does your does your dad think it's weird that this is a thing? This this sort of uh, omnipresent preening aspect of pastoral ministry. Oh, I'm certain he does. <clears throat> I would be afraid to ask him. Because one of two things would be the case. Either he would be paying no attention whatsoever, which is – there's a high likelihood of that for his own sure. sanity. Or it, it would be like Mount St. Helens exploding <laughs> with his like – awesome. Like he's actually thought through this quite a bit. Yeah, I mean I, I'm surprised that in maybe, – maybe you should submit a question to ask Pastor John about preening pastors. But like I, I feel like he might be a ticking time bomb just waiting to go off on – you know, the beautification of pastors. I mean, he wrote a whole book called Brothers Were Not Professionals. I wouldn't su- be surprised if he followed it up with, like, Brothers Were Not Beautiful People or something like that. You know, stop being famous or something Dude, along so those that, lines. This is the interesting thing, though. Like, it's always the pendulum swing, right? So you get the you get, you get the kind of apex mountain of preening, which we're in right now, and then the pendulum's going to, like, swing back to I'm wearing sackcloth and ashes, I'm driving my 93 Taurus, um... You know, I'm 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 just schlumping around See, looking I miserable. I don't think but, the pendulum will swing back that way because people are so ego driven yeah. that that only works if you can broadcast that you're doing it, which sort of defeats the purpose. Well that's what I was gonna say, Pi. Right. There's like there's like a ton of dudes that do that. You don't know who they are because they're not preening. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So speaking of preening, boys, and speaking of this this whole uh, kind of moment that we're in. One of the one of the things that's fascinating to me, and you guys shared this um, this Instagram page with me. Uh, it's this whole like pastor sneaker thing. What pipe? What's the name of the actual handle on uh, on Instagram? It is preachers and sneakers. So preachers and sneakers. And preachers that, and sneakers. Yes. And ostensibly, like the purpose of this is just showing pictures of these Ponzi like preening preachers and their in their in their sneaks. 
Is that it? Yeah, so pretty much every post is a picture of a famous preacher, so megachurch, whatever, wearing their super cool outfit, and then it's a and then it's side by side with an image of the shoes themselves from a retail site showing the price. So let's find a recent okay. example. Oh, our dear friend Stephen Furtick. Furdy. Friend of the show, Stephen Furtick. Uh, so here's the caption. Super fresh pastor Stephen Furtick keeping it mega clean in the off-white Prestos. And yes, for literally 15 seconds on release day, these cost 160 retail. Now, they cost 637 retail. So they are, uh, they are the Nike Air Prestos for $637. So that's, that is an example. And it's basically just that over and over and over again. Interesting. And some of the, and pipe some of the like, like some of the like some of the <laughs> some of the prices on those shoes like are literally bonkers. Yeah, oh, and it's not just shoes. They, they they will delve into apparel as well. So here's Judah Smith, and I'm guessing his wife, and she is wearing a Gucci tank top that, and he is wearing uh, Gucci cropped joggers, which mm. retail for four hundred and ninety and nine hundred and eighty dollars respectively. There we go. But Pipe, dude, I was—I mean, didn't they have some shoes on there that dudes were paying like five and six k for though? John Gray, who is one of the preachers at Joel Osteen's church, wearing thirty-seven hundred dollar. Oh, what are these? <laughs> oh, they're called Prayer it. Yeezy Twos. So they're oh, uh, they're Kanye's shoes, except they have prayer in the name, so that's fun. That makes it okay, guys. Dude, so all right, all right, I'm the I'm the worst person for asking this question in this way. But Pipe, are there any like real pastors on there? You know what I mean? <laughs> like like guys that aren't clowns. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, hold on. Let me let me work on this. Okay. Carry on the conversation. I'm going to scroll through and Ronald, see. Well, I mean, but Big T, like that wouldn't be funny, right? Like if somebody threw a dude up there with his like $29 chucks, right? I mean, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Like- so this, this just needs a timeout. Uh, there's a guy from Hillsong named Pastor Nathan Finocchio. Rhymes with oh, Pinocchio. Yeah, Pinocchio. Yeah, for sure. And he is—he is wearing. Pinocchio. Um, they, they, they don't even have a name for it. They—they <laughs> they look like a cross between Italian loafers and like house slippers because they're slip-on shoes. They're, I've seen those, they're black like leather it. in the front and fur in the back, but it's like a—it's like a furry rabbit tail. And then they're—then they have. Like it looks a, like he should be selling you like a car radio in then Miami. They have like a monogrammed image on them. Yeah, that, that's a dude that's putting a lot of essential oil all over his body and like just slathering what, himself in it. Yeah, and, and wanting you to think that he sits around all day when he's not on stage at Hillsong with the right. lights on him, like playing you know acoustic folk songs, right? Piper, I mean, who's the who's the realest pastor on there? Is it is it this Pinocchio gentleman? I'm still looking. <laughs> uh, so far, the the closest to real is uh, either Levi Lusco or Chad Veach, um, which says something. Yeah, I'm surprised you went there with Lusco, man. Is, do you have like a thing there, Pipe, with the, with a double L? No, I just said realist. But on the scale of is, on, the, on the scale of real that we're working with here, that's what we've got. Oh, I think Erwin McManus might be slightly more real. Ooh, Erwin. Yeah. I like did it. you know his middle name is Raphael, which makes him like eleven is his middle times cooler? So yeah, no nobody remotely who we would consider, uh, you know, a real pastor. Dude, what what is McManus rocking on his on his feet these oh, days? Dude, his was distracting because he was rocking like eleven layers of cool in his. Let's see, um, 
top to bottom off white. Uh, let's see. They don't show the actual shoes here. This is this is frustrating. They didn't get it right. Oh, let's see. In this one, he is wearing. They're uh, they're Nike ears. It doesn't say the brand, but they're like this sweet Carolina blue off like and then off white with some orange laces. Um, this was one of their earliest posts, so they hadn't quite figured out the caption thing yet. They're just so they were. This is just information, and they retail for a solid nine hundred ninety nine dollars. There we go, Irwin. Yeah, dude, that that Urban Ministry it pays well. I like it. Um, all right, boys. So follow-up question ron you go first because you're uh, you're conversant in the reformed roster in a way that i think even even piper and i are not um <laughs> who's the who's the most likely guy from our tribe oh judas to, to end up on here like who's gonna end up on here and this um, is gonna this is gonna hurt man this is gonna think of the plenary and don't don't speak out of turn well i'm already not i'm already not getting a plenary desiring god after after john showed up at our at indie live so that's already out the window um, yeah that's hard man yeah we're done we're done there that was a bummer yeah. i said it I well said it to john. join the club yeah but pipe that's just nepotism if you get the gig um <laughs> let me think here thank uh, you for saying that i just don't deserve it yes exactly <laughs> no you don't man you can't you don't get it when you're the son um <laughs> I'm trying to think here, man. Yeah, I think I. Gosh, I, I feel like I'm going to get in major trubs with this one, man. Because um, I, I got a couple of guys in mind, but I don't know that I can say them. Oh, please, uh, fire away. No, 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 no. Seriously, you guys will know off the air why I couldn't. But okay. um, um, like, who would be the most? Like, here's what's crazy. Like, you guys know this, man. When we're talking about our tribe, you're talking about like you're lucky if you get a guy that's wearing sneakers on the platform, right? Because they're yeah. all wearing those more serious black slip-on, whatever those shoes are, those that, that nobody knows what they are, right? The answer yeah. is Leon's Crump. Leon's Crump would probably – Because the, the, man, the man is styling all the time. And so if it's not sneakers, it's going to be some real nice loafers or something. Like he, he, he dresses up nice. I'm going to go I'm going to go E-Mace, man. I'm going to go E-Mace. Mason would, would – uh, could potentially be up there well, as well. I feel like – well, I feel like Mason would appreciate a, a fine set of sneaks, so I I could see that being a value. Yes, you know, oh, you guys, no no comment. See, um. I think I think <laughs> I I wouldn't be surprised if like Driscoll, realizing he's not really part of the reform camp, but you know, in memoriam, um, I think you know he could show up in like some really high end boots. Yeah, I think okay. I think he's going to be in like full on old man boot game, possibly like the. The cowboy, like the cowboy boots made out of some like rare emu yeah. skin or something like that. Yeah, dude. Like sub question: What old reformed white guy in a desperate grab for like uh, grasping onto the the fleeting youth uh, is is going to try to rock a pair of kicks to disastrous results? Easy, like, Tim <laughs> Keller. No, Timmy Timmy K could pull it off. I think I think Timothy could pull it off, man. Um, pipe do you think pipe do you think like if do you think if like pipe if your if your pops went on stage for like some panel and they presented him with some like really hot pair of sneakers like some air force like, ones yeah like he would like rock those things like kind of like drisky did with the jacket i i think there's there's no chance yeah so here's i mean my dad is literally the complete opposite of this. He wears shoes until my mother says you need to buy new shoes, <laughs> and then he's like, "Okay." And then and then he's like, "Okay, spend forty dollars on new shoes." You know, he and that's and that's even outrageous for him. That's like, dude, that's like, honey, shoes have gone up quite a bit in our day. Spend forty. 
Yeah, he's like, he's like, I, I think you might be able to get two pairs for that at Payless, you know. So he, yeah, he's not even on the spectrum. I'm trying to think of guys who maybe war who, time. Who war would? Time. I, you know, somebody like Darren Patrick, who is now like. He doesn't think he's old, but you know he's got a, he's got some gray hairs. He's a little salt and peppery. I could see him going in on on some sneakers and and people being like, "Ooh, yeah." That's... I could see DP like saying, "Like, dude, you know what, man? I'm still driving. I'm, you know, I went back to my 2000 era, you know, you know, my 2000 era Accord. So I, I can I can pop for some sneaks. I do can you, see him doing that. Do you think churches? You know how churches have like resource budgets, so there's like book budgets or software budgets or whatever. Do you think these mega churches have like wardrobe budgets? For Fashion budget's one hundred percent. We do. You have a wardrobe budget, <laughs> of course. In the church Maybe budget or in your church. own budget? Of course you do. What are we savages? Yeah, I, I have mean, a fastened budget. I mean, I, how else are you supposed to keep year. up I mean, with the Anglicans? How, how am I going to wear that? How am I going to wear that bag to Indie Live, guys? Where, where does that money come from? Dude, leather goods are a line item in Rounds Church. Correct. <laughs> at the quarterly like members meeting, that that gets walked through at the. There's uh, just like one uh, word on under my name, and it says fashion. Fashion, and and then it's it's. Parsed out into leather, denim, cloth, you know, very. Somebody very... raises their hand in the members' meeting is like, um, looking to Pastor R for fashion this year. Repurposed wood this year, because I feel like you're coming in a little low here. Um, oh, it gets, it it, gets hiked up every year, boys. Don't, it, in it case does. you, it's getting you, hiked up every year. You, you, you got to account for inflation on the repurposed wood. I mean, I'm glad that I have a team that feels that way. You know what, boys? Call me old-fashioned. I want to see my pastor in a schlumpy, dumpy, nondescript pair of shoes. And and you know what? Maybe maybe you that used makes to have a pastor sense. in Michigan that was more like that. <laughs> no, no comment. Um, yeah, no comment. Although Kenny, he could probably afford some some nice some nice. Oh. You know what? He's not Uh-oh. likely to at all. But he would be the best to see try to pull off some of these like twenty seven hundred dollar sneakers. Dude, it would be great. I would imagine him, yeah, in like distressed skinny jeans, a military style jacket, and some really high end kicks. Baby, isn't he all like he's all like basketball guy too, isn't he? He he would. There's there's potential. If he's he's a basketball guy, he's like hickory high basketball guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought he was all basketball guy. Yeah, but he's not like like fashionable like accessories on the on the court basketball guy. Um. But yeah, no, this 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 is good. I would I would like to see this. That's kind of what I was getting at with the question. The like, problem is is this, man. Like if you want to like if you're the if you're the dude, if you're the pastor that wants to be like the I am going to be a, the no fashion fashion pastor. Like that's going to be like that's the new thing. You'll just look like every, every you'll just look like every other pastor that doesn't care what they look like when they go up to preach, you know? Yeah, you like there's to, no you have there's to no go out of your way to look. Game. You'll have to go out of your way to look straight up like a hobo. If you want to be the no fashion pastor guy, because most yeah, and then you're just going to be like an urban church planner, so it doesn't matter. Otherwise, Dude, you're favorite, just a, you're just a wearer of ill fit khakis at that point. Yeah, you're just favorite, an inner city planter then at that point. My yeah. favorite fashionable pastor thing though is in in pipe. Tell me, tell me if you love this. I love how these guys, to a man, they all try to skew about ten years younger than they are. Like the the, the old guy, the old gray haired guy, and like the the camo jacket at the baby. Con. What are you trying to say right now? Baby, not you necessarily, but like these guys at Drisky's conference. Like I'm looking. Why at did you have that lineup. necessarily? That was hurtful. <laughs> I was just qualifying a little. Baby, bit. Baby, hold on. Let's go back to this word you just said called necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, though. 
Yeah. Yeah. About, 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 about skewing young. I mean, it's, it's great. Like it's great entertainment. I'm not saying they should stop doing it. Cause it's, dude, it was- the problem is, is like everybody skews young now. Like it's di- like literally it's different now. We all, everybody dresses. There's like an, been an equalization of like fashion really for like anybody under 55 to where everybody's wearing kind of the same. John clothes. MacArthur says no. He says, dude, no, we do not all dress younger. Some of us dress in the suit that we're going to be buried in. I said under 55, man. It's because, okay. dude, I'm telling you, look, man, when I, there was a, there's a thing, man, when you like when I think about the way my pops looked when he was 40, he dressed the same at 40 as he did at 70. I like there was literally yeah, no like a, like a grown up. Right. Like, like a grown up. Dude, when are we all going to realize that this looks just but I mean, no, like, you can't buy grown up. Like they don't sell grown up clothes anymore, boys. There's nowhere to buy grown up clothes. Dude, you know? I think we should put out a line of grown up clothes, and I think we could make a killing. Grown up I, clothes. Yeah, grown up clothes, man. Jeez, yeah, dr- man. Dress like an adult. You know, dress like an dress like the adult pastor that you ostensibly are. Not Gucci, Gooch, man. G U C. Grown up clothes, <laughs> Gooch. Dude, I love it. Let's uh, let's. I'm gonna get some people on the phone. Do you already have some people on that? Baby, I got some people on the phone. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna bring Gooch to the marketplace. It's only a matter of time. Um, boys, do we have time for one more topic? I haven't even looked at the clock. That's how we much did. fun I'm having with time. radio. Uh, got time for one more quick one. This one's gonna be a little uh, a little controversial, boys. A little hot takey. Um, we we had a, a lot of pre-show dialogue about whether we should talk about this, but. Um, the 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 spire the um you know part of part of the Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris which I, I did visit a few years ago it was beautiful um has has burned down um to to much uh, traction on social media a lot of people dialoguing about this um Piper let's talk about people's grieving of Notre Dame because um I don't know call call me a hard hearted cynic I'm not sure this is as devastating to everyone is is maybe it's sounding like it is uh shed some light on this yeah i you know so i I was watching social media coverage as i do that's kind of how i get most of my news and i see that there's first i see there's a fire there and then you know over the course of a few hours it's obvious that it's it's a pretty monstrous fire and the the outpouring of of like heartbreak over the burning of this building was really caught me off guard because I, I mean, I know that it's iconic, and I know that it's beautiful, and I know that it's a loss of history. But it seemed way out of proportion compared to the outpouring of heartbreak about tragedies that involve, like, I don't know, real human beings instead of gargoyles and roofs and stuff. Um, and it, it seemed to me, as I thought about it, I was like, this, this feels like this is like safe grieving. Mm. We can, we can. There's no. There is no like loaded implication to a statement of grief about this. You know, if you grieve a tragedy of, you know, whether it's a mass shooting or a terrorist attack or an earthquake, you you kind of are putting your heart on the line. It's a risk and or there's a political implication or something like that. Whereas this is it. I don't know. It, it seemed sort of like risk free grief or something like that. I don't know exactly how to put it. I'm sure I'm just crapping all over someone's feelings. But um that it it just seemed really weird to me. What do you guys? I mean, what what was your thoughts when you saw kind of the just the flood? Big R, what about you, man? <laughs> I, baby, I think he was asking you, but I'll answer. Um, 
I don't know, man. I, you know, I, I always struggle with, uh, I, I always struggle with the, the, like the, uh, I mean, I, I'm with pipe, man. Yeah, cool. I struggle with the, you guys in a minute. I struggle with sort of the grief that doesn't just what pipe said. It doesn't really cost you much. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's all, it looks almost like a, a self pitying grab to me. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, I want, I want people to think that, you know, I care about like this amazing, you know, fortress, you know, an artistic pinnacle of, you know, of, of our, of our day. And so, you know, I, I want to be able to say something, you know, with some magnitude about my reflection on it. Um, but again, but, I'm, but you guys know this about me, like I'm the guy that struggles when like another rock star passes and like, you know, some guy like posts like, oh my gosh, my whole life is destroyed. And it's like, what, because you heard his hit single 15 years ago and you have no connection to any of his other records. You've never bought any of his music, but like, you know, somehow this is, you know, this, this is causing you to have to, you know, take the next two weeks off work to, you know, kind of get your wits <laughs> work back through together. the feelings. Yeah. Hey, work that's through all fascinating. The how, how, how much of a fan does somebody have to be to be able to grieve a, a dead rock star? How many how many records do you have to have? Let's say the let's say the roster put out ten <laughs> records, and and he dies. Um, if I have, if I have six, um, am I am I able to then? I mean, baby, like, no, I'm not trying to be snark about it. I'm you saying know, like, no, you, I know what you mean though. I, I know, like, I think there I think there has to be a direct personal connection. So, it social media has so or like just the the access to information and awareness has so skewed our our understanding of like what it is to express grief that we, we throw out expressions of heartbreak about something that, you know, 20 years ago, it would have read, we would have read a a newspaper headline the following day or two and sort of thought, wow, that's a loss. It's sort of a recognition that a loss happened and then kind of that's it because it, it doesn't affect you at all. So, like, right. yeah, the, the death of Prince, the death of David Bowie, the, the death of Robin Williams, you know, so on and so forth. These are things that, unless those guys had a direct effect on you, so maybe maybe one of their songs profoundly impacted a relationship you had or it's super nostalgic to a part of life that was meaningful, then, yeah, like, you can grieve the loss of that. But people act like they lost their best friend when a stranger passes away or... Uh, in this case, a building was I just damaged. Think, I just think it's people wanting to be able to portray themselves in a certain light. And so this gives them the opportunity to say something about themselves that I think they think contains, you know, a tad more depth than like, you know, what they would normally be able to post and, and normally be able to communicate about how they feel about other things. I, to me, it just feels like something that can potentially be disingenuine, you know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't mean it is yeah. for everybody, certainly, but it feels like this, there's this idea that, you know, I can, I, I'm really, what I'm trying to do in that moment is I'm making it all about me. I'm taking the focus off the thing. I'm putting it on how I feel about the thing. And um, so in, 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 in a lot of ways, it, it kind of makes it more about the person that's posting than about the thing they're posting about. And Absolutely, so, though, I, I, yeah. isn't that just like the very definition of social media though? Like this, this thing that happened, this is now about me because in a way that I couldn't or didn't 25 years ago, I'm now responding to it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, your, 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 your points are both great. And in pipe, you made the point, you know, if a building falls down 20 years ago, you're, you're sad in your living room. Maybe you talk about it at dinner with your, your parents or your friends or whatever. But, but then the thing is essentially over, um, but yeah, like every single 
thing that happens in our culture is an invitation to make it about myself. I find this to be deeply depressing. Is there is there anything like hopeful in it? Like is is there any like ray of sunshine in this? Like for for me or for you guys, um, or, or is it all? Because it just seems grim to me. Yeah, right? I, I, mean, I don't I, know. It's I don't know that yeah. it's bleak in terms of like, oh no, society is going to hell in a handbasket kind of thing. But yeah, it's it's cheap. Because the thing yeah. that I think of is the expression of sadness that people post online, and you know, the moment they close their app, they are moving on to other things. You know, it's so heartbreaking to see should, this. You know, but but if your heart is broken. I speak right. as one with experience. You don't move away from it when you close the app. You carry yeah, that right. with you. That's right. And so if you're heartbroken over the loss of Notre Dame or the death of a celebrity, that that goes with you. That do, That's not a yeah. thing that you post about and then you're like, all right, bagels and coffee. Here we go. And, <laughs> and, and off you go. Like, there's, a, it, there's just a – it is disingenuous. Yeah. It, people don't know what it, people are using words to express a thing that's not real. Yeah. And that's not. And then again, there are definitely people for whom certain tragedies have very specific meaning. I saw one guy Absolutely. posted. He was a lengthier reflection about how when he lived in France, he regularly went there. And that was a place of spiritual peace and solace. And mm-hmm. that's real. He lost. Yeah, he absolutely. lost something significant. <laughs> People who have seen pictures or snapped a selfie in front of it on their 24 hours in Paris, like, boo-hoo. You know, yeah. like, that's – it is a it is a loss in a sort of a categorical sense, but not a loss in your life. Yeah, I know. And that's – it brings it back to breaking down, like, what we, what we have determined in this particular era to be – of what loss actually is. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And again, it's hard so – so from our standpoint, it's hard – you know – it's hard to tell somebody what they 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 actually feel lost about if they're telling you they feel lost about something. So we're we're I mean we're definitely st- we're standing you know we're standing a little far back from this thing obviously and being yeah. broad and general about it. But um but yeah it it just it I think what Pipe said it just it there's there's a part of it that feels um there's a part of it that feels plastic you know yeah. and it's hard it's hard to get around that and um you know I I think at the same time um. You know, uh, how, you know, is this leading us into something that has you know deeper implications? Uh, you know, I, it probably is actually. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean to me, like if if everything we do is plastic, in another five or ten years, are we even going to be able to recognize what plastic is or what plastic used to be? You know what I'm saying? Or is it just, or is like, is that level of? So here would be my take on it: is that yeah. level of loss and grief, which let's just say. You know, it's it's an inch deep and an inch deep is still a measure of loss and grief. But are we are we reducing now all of our loss and grief to be contained within that medium? So now, yeah, I don't know that we're reducing it all, but we we've created an inability to differentiate. Yeah, that's because, you know, when we do the same thing on the positive side, when when everything is epic and best ever. Well, yeah. what is left to express the things that are actually epic and the best? You know, when when I see somebody express love for a friend and they're like best friend, love them forever, et cetera, et cetera, I'm like, well, what did, what what are you gonna say to a spouse or like right. to Jesus? I don't know. Like, there's yeah. a there's a cheapening of expression when we're not comfortable just describing something. We're not comfortable saying that is a tragedy. Right. We we feel this obligation to then have a 
and disingenuous outpouring of expression, even if we don't actually feel it, which means we can't express the things that we actually do feel accurately. But it's yeah, but that's a great point because we're living in the age of extremity, right? So everything, right. nothing really matters because you got to be louder than everybody to to get heard. So I think part of that is just living in this particular moment where it's like everything has to be better than the best, everything has to be worser than the worst. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't really. I can't get validated unless it reaches those peaks or those lows. Yeah. And that's, that's right. problem. It's problematic. It's problem- it is absolutely. Yeah. Everything has to be like epiphanal. You know, you can't just say, man, that's a that's a bum deal. That sucks. You know, it, and it was a beautiful building. And it's an insult if you use like moderate compliments. You know, if somebody's yeah. like, what did you think of the movie? You're like, it was good. They're like, oh, you didn't like it? Like, no, I just said it was good. Yeah, You know, exactly. how was the restaurant? I, I enjoyed it. Oh, it yeah. wasn't great. I, yeah. I really enjoy like now I've had to up it to really just to prove my point. You know, <laughs> exactly. this, is, this is the this is the the inf- inflation of language that has just devalued Absolutely. the word. Yeah, it's OK for something to not be transcendent. You know, not everything has to be this this transcendent thing. But boys, we are in the business of doing transcendent radio. And I feel like, you know, this this episode was probably it probably qualifies, you know, so. Uh, if you're how, on social media, how great media, was this episode, Big T? Describe it. How great was it? Uh, it was the best. Uh, I mean, but, but best or is it more than? I, I mean, don't know. Is that yeah, yeah you did. I don't. I'm not feeling what you said, Ted. I'm not sure you really meant it. Maybe it was literally the most special 45 minutes I've ever spent in my life. It wow. was incredible. Um, you're telling me more about closer? getting there. Yeah, yeah. Tell me more about it. I love you guys so much. I mean, I just love you so much. This is working. Keep I can going. hear the tears hitting your desk. I now I, believe this you. is working, dude. Yeah, it's it's so working. I'm I'm kind of talking myself into it. But boys, uh, this has been uh, it's been fun. It's been fun to do radio. Um, you know, I hope people don't get mad at us for that last take. But um, but it is an interesting little moment that we're in, and I'm glad we uh, I'm glad we talked about it. I'm glad we talked about Pipe's new car. Uh, I'm glad we talked about Gooch. Um, our, our grown-up clothing line for, for pastors. Uh, this thing just gets better and better the more we talk about it. The Happy Rant is brought to you by Resonate Recordings. If you go to ResonateRecordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer. So if you're considering starting a podcast, they are the ones we recommend going with. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see their prices, to connect with them and ask any questions, and to see what they can do to help you launch, edit, master, and improve your podcast. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see what they can do to help you launch and improve your podcast. Are you concerned about tensions in the Middle East? Do you wonder where we're currently at in the biblical timeline? Are we really in the last days? Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Carl Muller with the Inside the Epicenter podcast. Every week, my co-host, best-selling author Joel Rosenberg, and I answer those questions and more. You'll hear inside knowledge of our meetings with leaders at the highest levels of government in the U.S., Israel, and the Middle East, equipping you to filter the news with biblically sound insights. Find Inside the Epicenter on your favorite podcast app, or go to joshuafun.com to listen and subscribe.